What's up, everybody? You're tuning in to Redeem Podcasts. I want to say thank you to all our guests and listeners who've shown us support and love through the years. We love you and pray you're blessed through this fellowship. On today's episode, we have Lucas Salazar, one of my good friends in ministry. Lucas is a manager for the Whosoevers, a Christian movement, and serves as a drummer on the Calvary Chapel Golden Springs worship team. All this while being a husband and a father. We had an insightful conversation about Lucas's upbringing, the foundation of a Christian walk, and serving the youth. We hope you enjoy this, and if you would like to support this podcast, you can do so by sending a gift donation through the Zal application to redeemedchurchf at gmail.com. Check this out. Do what you've been up to, Lucas. I was just telling. What's your name again, bro? Mikey. Mikey. So Mikey. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotta remember. Yeah. My, I'm Mikey Sanchez, dude. Mikey Sanchez. Yeah. I've heard your name before, bro. Mm, yeah, I know. I know like a lot of the people at Golden. That's Springs, what I'm saying. Bro. Did you used to go there? To yeah, for 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 13 years, dude. That's a good while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I taught New Thirst there. Okay. For, for a season, I taught U Turn for Christ there. Oh, okay. Um, sick. I went with Ryan Israel. Gotcha. Um, for a season, I was like. Helping out the whosoevers, yeah, like back in the day. Okay, and uh, dude, I, I I love. I, I would say all my discipleship and growth came through Golden Springs. Mm. Um, you know, Pastor Rawl was like my first pastor ever. He he still is. That's dope. you know, other than here, I'd say yeah. like I'd say God's really done a work bringing me here. Um, that's cool, man. So that's like what jump started your faith, basically, like going to Golden Springs and getting mm-hmm. plugged in there. Or? No, no, I would say that. Okay, so I don't. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, when I was a kid, like my mom got cancer, okay. and she went into the closest church we could find. We were Catholics, but the closest church that was open was a Christian church, and mm-hmm. it was in West Covina. And it was called Calvary Chapel West Covina. Gotcha. And that was Pastor Raul Reese back in the, like, 90s. Oh, shoot. So when I was seven, we went there. Family was Catholic, but, you know, my mom was a woman of faith. She read the Bible. And when we went in there, um, there was an altar call. And at seven, I, like, I went up. Yeah. And so, but I never really got, like plugged into church like my mom battled cancer most mm. of my young life she would go into remission and would come back she would go into remission and would come back and then um when i was 18 and i was like living in the world completely i was getting like super fed up with life and at some point i became uh like suicidal and i was just dealing with depression yeah and, I and stuff like that and then um, I, oh, f- my brother Johnny started going to church at Golden Springs and okay. it, and it was the same pastor years later in Diamond Bar. So my brother actually was going and walking with the Lord before me. And he would tell me like, dude, why are you ru- You're running. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I'll be like, I'm not running. Like, yeah, you are. Dude, you're running. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, basically I gave my life to the Lord one night um instead of killing myself i was like i don't want to run no more you know and then that's when i went and got plugged into the young adults ministry there at golden springs my brother johnny was going there and he told me about it and i felt like 
Let me just check this out. Yeah, hmm. for sure. So there's a guy named Merritt Robinson, black dude, really cool dude. To this day, I, I, I'm friends with him. He was at my wedding. And uh, he just treated me like family, like straight up. And so I go there, and then he'd be like, you got to come Sunday Sunday mornings, bro. And yeah. I'd come Sunday and hear Raw teach. And to me, that was crazy because it was the same voice, same dude since when I was seven. So I started going there, and then... You know, without telling the whole lengthy story, like I gave my life to the Lord and still struggled with sin for the first two years of, of my life because my ex-girlfriend would always come to my window or whatever. And I just was like a sucker, like for yeah, sin, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, and I remember one night, like after just I'm sure you've met people like this, like like they're dabbling in their old lifestyle, like and that those are their people, like that's mm -hmm. their friends, that's their world, that's yep. the, the people they love. And um, and then on Sunday, if they're if they're in that transition, like they're coming to church or Wednesday, they're going with new friends or people that they're going to church with. And then it's like you want to go up and get saved every time. Like you give an altar <laughs> call, you want to get saved again because that you feel like garbage. Bro, you yeah, just you like, just, <laughs> exactly. You feel yeah. like garbage. So um, yeah, I was in that place for two years, probably like a slave to sin, but yeah. like in love with Jesus, but still just like enslaved. And then I remember one night, dude, just um. On the side of my bed, just asking God to just make a change. And my ex girlfriend came knocking on my window, and I just was like, I felt like I was hiding from her. I was like, I was like on the on the floor on the side of my bed, and I was just like closing my eyes. It was like a horror movie wow. scene, and um, and then she just kind of like gave up and left. And that night, I was like, oh, just let it be like this forever. And I I remember something changed i was i was being torn in multiple directions and i went into pastor dale's office and because he had said i went to a men's study and he was like my doors are open and like he had to eat those words because i was yeah. like well this guy said his door was open you know i was like hey this guy said i could come in his office and they were like okay well <laughs> pastor dale this you know i don't know if you know pastor dale yeah, but yeah. he's pretty hard bro and um i went in there and he prayed for me asked the lord to give me the gift of the holy spirit and to give me gifts and that night after he prayed for me i went home and the first time i ever had reading comprehension and i read the whole book of john um and then um understood the bible for like the first time like clearly yeah and then from then on started just like what i believed to be it was like a calling i was there i went to pastoral school with pastor jesse who recently passed yeah. away um and then i went I was at the start of a church in Hollywood called Calvary Chapel Hollywood. I was the assistant pastor there for four years. That might be where I know you from. Maybe. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I was assistant pastor there for four years, and then um, COVID came. I left, like, right before COVID came, but COVID came, and the church basically closed down. And then I, I went through a tough season. I, was a, I never walked away from the Lord, never went back yeah. to vices, but I was married by that point, and... You know, we were having a hard time in our marriage, just um, feeling like it wasn't what a Christian marriage, all the blessings it should be. I couldn't put my finger on what was wrong. But all I knew is I felt like a failure, bro. I yeah. felt like I felt like I once had a calling. Like, I even got to the point one time where somebody asked me, like, hey, I heard you're a pastor. And, I, like, it came out like I used to be. Mm. That was, like, probably one of the lowest points. And then... Um, but I never lost, like, love for Jesus, and I just felt like an outcast because I was so, you know, I, I got to surf with Pastor Raw. Like, Ryan Reese gave me his 
his his uh, Harley jacket. Like yeah. I, I rode with Shane Reese. Like well, like you know, like I felt like I was like there. And what I felt like was the greatest caliber of what God, how God could use people's lives. Like I was teaching New Thirst, which to me was like super important. Watching people, you know, get right with God who are drug addicted and. I was blown away when the whosoever first started, you know, like um, made like a connection with Sonny where he would text me on Mother's Day because his mom passed away too. Yeah. And I was like, so I came from like that feeling like it was a catapult into my call in my life. Like I was like, dude, this is, this is the start of like where I'm going to go, like where I'm going to end up, like where God's going to use what I have or, and that season where like, felt like my marriage was struggling and I was working construction and like the doors started closing after Hollywood. After I left Hollywood, I felt like awkward. Like Satan was playing mind tricks in my, and me too. I'd go to church and I just felt like people would be like, Hey, some people would dude, you know, they'd be like, what happened dude? Like, Hey, like, and I didn't know how to answer. Like I just felt so fast forward, dude. Like, uh, he opens the church here and I just initially just started coming sit in the back my wife was at a place she didn't want to go to church She's attending, yeah. and i was just coming by myself and all i could say dude is that god like healed my like my wife my marriage like reminding me that the call of god's irrevocable the calling became less about looking for mm-hmm. where and became more about being who who god made me to be intended me to be and uh and so here i am dude and yeah, now that's right yeah that's mm-hmm. pretty cool dude so uh you, I don't know, you know me somewhere, dude. I make music, too. Okay. I don't know, like, I still make music with Max over there. Okay. Is that how you guys got connected, through music? Well, through the high school ministry at Golden Springs. I know him since he was in, yeah. Yeah, I was actually guys. surprised that you guys hadn't met, because you guys were, they're right around each other, for sure. I've heard his name sure. from Sonny, I've heard yeah. his name from Ryan, I've heard it from, like, the, ch- the chapel, but I've never yeah. officially met you i don't yeah. and i'm not like i, I want to make it clear i'm not like i'm not like no <laughs> you, like, you, you never heard of me no yeah i'm not i'm nobody i'm really nobody bro but yeah I mean, I, yeah like i've been around a long time yeah. you know so like yeah but I, that brings up for me a question for yeah. for lucas i really don't know your entrance into christianity into golden springs i, I just met you you like played drums and said you wanted to be part of worship so i was like awesome we need yeah, drummers dude. you know so yeah. t- tell me a little bit about that Dude, that's kind of a funny story, too. I remember I, um, I was telling somebody, dude, from the worship team, I was like, yeah, you know, I sent uh, the worship pastor. I think at the time it was like Sammy, mm-hmm. Sammy Garcia, mm-hmm. or Sammy um, Acives. Acives. And um, I was just like, yeah, you know, uh, my name's Lucas. I started you know, going to Golden Spring about like two years ago or something. And, you know, I'm interested in like checking out your worship team, seeing how it is. And um, I sent that email, right? And I was kind of nervous because... Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a while since I, I played worship. Um, I grew up playing worship with my sister. Um, I think I was like 10, dude, when I first started like in one of my old churches. What kind of, ch- just curious, like, were you raised in Calvary or? You, you know, I wasn't. No, I was actually raised in, um, it was in a Pentecostal church. I can't remember the right. uh, the exact name, gotcha. but I was raised They're in more a, Pentecostal. Yeah, they were more charismatic Heck for sure. Yeah. So, I, you know, I grew up too seeing like, you know, all that stuff going on. I know a lot about that too. Yeah, dude, <laughs> so it was a little different. Um, but, um. No, I actually, um, I started going to Calvary. Um, it was through the Whosoever's. Um, I got plugged in in high school, actually, through Calvary Chapel. Um, I feel like Calvary's are really good at just, like, putting Christian clubs or, like, having a pastor go to a club, an existing club. Mm. 
So um, at my high school. What high school did you go to? Um, I went to Canyon Springs, dude. I grew up in uh, in the IE. So okay. Out there, yeah. Canyon mm-hmm. Springs. That's like high where school. I'm going to end up now. Like, oh, really? funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dude. Um, I'm out there in Mobile. I'm actually still out there. Oh, you still in I? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Out there. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm praying about getting a house in that direction, dude. That's that's wild. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a lot more budget friendly. Um, the further you go is, down, yeah. you get bigger, like bigger square footage for the same amount you're paying for like an apartment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, the blessing about being down there. But um, yeah, dude. So I was out in Mobile. I grew up in the IE, and I was going to this Pentecostal church. Um, then I was in high school. Calvary had a Bible club at my school, and then basically I started going there, right? And I'm like, okay, this is cool, you know, I, I like it, I'm learning. Um, and then I had a friend, uh, he was my age, you might know him, uh, Alex Goody, he goes to Calvary Chapel Mobile. Uh, sure. He's like a young, young Maybe. dude, I think he's a youth pastor down there. But he went to my high school okay. with me, so he, I think he's the one who initially invited me. And I started going, and at the time, um, I was going with my... My friend slash like soon to be girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Now she's my wife, but I was okay. going with her. I was going with her. I'm glad the story ends with like yes. you, that's the girl you ended up <laughs> yes, with. That's yeah, that's the girl I ended up with. So we started uh, going to this Bible study, right? And we both like it. Um, and then I end up graduating, and I start going to uh, the community college right there, Moreno Valley Community College, okay. and they have um, their apologetics pastor. He's like leading like a, a Bible club on campus. Mm. So I started going there. And just kind of like listening to him and i was like okay this is cool man like you know it's it's cool to know like why you believe what you believe mm-hmm. and just breaking down all the faith and everything especially being in college man people are just like uh really open-minded or they want to be open-minded mm-hmm. that's kind of like the agenda they push on you mm-hmm. so going to this bible club it was cool because like you get to meet all the people who are going to your college who are like serious about the word and then um that that guy he was a pastor at calvary too his name was pastor mark so um I found out one day, I think, like, the whosoevers were going to be, like, there. I think that was, like, before they were, like, really doing stuff. It was, like, them sharing their testimonies, right? Okay. Like, Ryan. I didn't know who Ryan was. I just saw, like, this sketchy-looking dude, and I was like, okay, this guy looks cool. <laughs> he fits the flyer. Uh-huh. And then um, Sonny was going to be there, Lacey and Head, and I knew okay, who they so were. so that era. The, the Red yes, W era. The Red <laughs> W yeah. era, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I grew up, dude, just playing music. I played the drums. Um, I would listen to, like, rock music. I listened to Sonny and Lacey and all sure. of them. So I knew who they were. And I was like, you know, I'm going to check this out, see what it's about. And um, I ended up going there. And just hearing their testimonies, I was just like, man, that's cool that there's, like, people, like, in the industry who, um, who like, love God. Mm. And then for me, too, like back then, I was a youngster, dude. I was in high school, just graduated, started going to college. And I was like, you know, I really want to pursue this music thing because I've always thought about it, you know, playing in just like different bands, some mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. local metal bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, that was kind of like something I really wanted to do. But um, looking back, I know like, you know, if I would have done that at that point, like I definitely just would have went downhill. Mm-hmm. Um but um, yeah, God definitely saved me from that. But that's how I got plugged in with uh, the whosoevers. And then that's what kind of brought me to Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs, when they were having their Friday nights. Oh, yeah. I would go down there, right? And before, like, um, I feel like it was cool. Like, I was hearing the word, but there was like a slight, like a slight little sense of like, you're going because of the hype. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it was dope. It was it dope was, to it be was, there. It was mm-hmm. a cool vibe. It was yeah. cool to be there. There was a lot of people who, you know, listened to the same stuff you did. And yeah. Yeah, the vibe was really cool. Hmm. Um, and I started bringing my friend Samuel. I think you know Samuel. Yeah. He, he Samuel, plays the guitar. Yeah, yeah. He sings. Um, I started bringing him with me. And um, I was like, dude, this, this place is tight. And then we would go Friday nights. We would just, like, you know, make it a thing. 
And then finally, like after two years of just going back and forth, dude, for Friday nights, I was like, you know what? I think I want to start like checking out Sundays and seeing like how mm-hmm. the teaching is. Because at that point, God was already working on me mm-hmm. through going to the Bible club. I was going to the young adults over at Calvary Chapel Mobile mm-hmm. and um, I was getting fed. So I was like, you know, listening to the word. And um, I went on a Sunday and I was just like, dude, this is crazy, man. Like, I feel like like I've never heard the word the way mm-hmm. I'm hearing it, just like mm-hmm. broken down and just like everybody was really inviting too. Um, I mean, it's always sketchy too, like when you go to a new spot and mm. you're like, I don't know anybody here. For like an outcast. <laughs> it's a different whatever. city. Yeah. I didn't grow up in Diamond Bar. You know, I grew yeah. up in the IE. It's a little more ghetto out there. Yeah. I feel like than Diamond Bar. <laughs> so sure. um, it was just a different vibe. But um, now yeah. at this point, I'm just yeah. curious with the way you're laying it out. Yeah. It's, I see like, man, the Lord was with you. You were growing up. That's very different from like a guy like me who like, who grew up in church, but I was yeah. so far in my high school, totally. early college years from the Lord. And was that for you, what had you there? Like, because for me, it wasn't until I was like broken yeah. because of the what the world and I allowed myself to indulge in, but you seem to be having, just walking with the Lord. So that's, you know? that's how, that's how I got plugged into Calvary. So mm-hmm. before that was a little different for sure. Okay. So there was definitely like me, I did grow up in the church. I was definitely, um, blessed to have done that. You know, like my parents, they, they grew up in the faith. My dad was a Christian. He came from Mexico mm. and, uh, my mom, she, um, she came from like, you know, a family who shared the biblical values, but I feel like maybe they didn't really push into it as hardcore as they should have, mm. but it was definitely there. And they wanted us to know who Christ was and to have our personal relationship with him. So that's when I was going to that um, Pentecostal church. But um, throughout that, um, dude, I did dabble, man. I went to, I, I grew up homeschooled. So I was homeschooled mm. from like second to, I want to say third grade, second to fifth grade or something like that. And then I started going to like a charter school. Mm. It was like, you know, you go twice a week mm. and then you just chill at home. I'm curious about something, bro, real quick. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go too lengthy on this, but um, just from your perspective, I'm not creating like a survey by any means, but <laughs> but did, did you, do you feel like um, like being homeschooled kind of made like a bit more of a, a, a romance in your mind about the, the like the rock star lifestyle? Like, yeah. you're like, man, I'm like, it's almost like that mid-state kid feeling you know you're like you're way far away and it just feels so glamorous to be like in the in the do you think that that was catapulted a bit Mm. by being by being homeschooled and separated or do you think nah you just that's just your personality type and even if you were in school you would have been about that (laughs) i think definitely my personality type but um even with that dude being said it was kind of like a different vibe because like i was homeschooled up until like like i said i think fifth grade oh my mom was like you know what like the homework's starting to get harder, yo. Like you mm. need to go to yeah. You to need get a teacher. Yeah, I got Hell, you. Man. I got you. So then she started looking for different avenues. She um she looked up this like charter school in like Riverside, and then I went there. Mm. So it was like I had that connection, and okay. just ironically enough, that charter school it started off like being like a really well known school, and then they started sending like all the bad kids from like Moval and like oh, other spots. So like all of that stuff was there too. It became you know? a bad like, school. Yeah, it became yeah, a school where like you know people were getting high in the restroom. Oh, I see. Okay. I think I had like a science oh, teacher, man. dude. She... Plus, you're in the IE, and there's a lot of that around. Exactly. For sure. I know bro. what's up with that. Yeah. But uh, dude, even it got to the point at that school. I had like a science teacher, and um, she has like a crazy story of being abducted, right? And she has like a glass eye, like has no no taste, uh, no no smell. Like so, kidnapped, abducted. Yeah, dude, or she like, got abducted, okay. and like, I was wondering if she it was got like abducted alien. and shot. Like some crazy story, oh, dude. Wow. And she got like left for dead, but she ended up surviving. 
and became a science wow. teacher. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> gnarly. But gnarly. she had no smell and she had a glass eye. So all the kids who would sit like on the left side of the class, they'd be getting high in class. And, oh my God. <laughs> like, the left side. Yeah, dude. They're like, she can't see. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> she, can't <even> see <laughs> she can't see past the brain. <laughs> so, so that's what happened at that school. So I saw a lot and um, mm. experienced a lot at that school. And um, dude, I feel like uh, even me, just like being in a relationship, I got in a relationship young. Like, I think it was like, I want to say like, 14 or 15 and it was like an intimate relationship so that kind of like was definitely like a war for me because mm. like I'm over here going to church right this Pentecostal church oh, yeah. and uh like I said I grew up in the uh playing music so I was in the worship team with my sister you know she's singing playing the guitar I'm playing the drums oh for sure and then there's this battle going on so you bro. got you, like, you got saved like a hundred times you know <laughs> bro, <what> I, mean? yeah. <laughs> I was like hey, bro heck yeah just going up to the altar call all those yeah. times but um yeah, man. So there that's was very that's very poisonous in your concept of God because like you latch on heavy to grace but in an unhealthy way mm -hmm. because you're being taught that God's gracious and you're in such desperate need of God's grace, like all of us are. Yeah. But there's there's a there's a morphed thirst for it because you're in debauchery. Mm -hmm. So like so like you 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 can blind yourself to obedience and like hit the NAS button towards grace and and really cheapen the mm. grace in a way. I, I'm not yeah. trying to put words in your mouth, but I, I remember being a fornicator and chasing God and and really like ignoring, trying to ignore obedience by being like, God's gracious, like he knows my heart, like he knows I want to do what's right, you know, and it took, it took, a un, like the Lord had to like strip me back to the bottom line to build me up the right way so that my interpretation of grace wasn't tainted from like what I was doing. Oh, like for sure. the, the, the double-minded man is unstable, right? The Bible tells us so. Um, I feel for young kids, I think there's a lot of them out there, dude, especially today with the access of pornography and with how much I, I heard from uh, a young lady recently really young lady like I was like hey you don't have a boyfriend she was like well honestly I like why like why break someone's heart you know like I'm just trying to mess around right now and mm -hmm. I was like whoa like that's a crazy mentality yeah mm -hmm. like like for a young girl to that's like the reason why like like her 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 like lustful desire outweighed her desire for love and usually young girls are really like oh i want a boyfriend like i and and the world we live in right now it's very you know that way so anyways i don't want to derail to uh, do yeah. forgive me i i have a tendency to like really dive <laughs> no, deep into like branches off the main tree you know what <laughs> i mean so we'll get back to the main tree so you're you're this kid who like you're you're in a relationship no 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 kids got enough self-control yeah. right in a relationship where there's opportunity to fall totally dude. and then you're like a, a, a you're raised in church culture so your 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 meter of 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 the conviction is really numbed because you've seen it right when you grew up in church you don't cry every time people get saved because you've been seeing people get saved since you were a little yeah. kid mm -hmm. you know the person that just got saved or, or the, maybe even your parents cases you know they came from a sinful world and they got to know Jesus he's the new love so watching Jesus do his thing and save people is just 
it's it's tugging at the heart and it's it's praiseworthy and it's genuine. But when you're raised in it and you're kind of like yeah. twiddling your thumbs and you're asking if you could like, you know, what what we're gonna eat after church <laughs> while people are getting saved. Yeah, dude. You know, and then the new love for you because you're raised in. The, in in the church being the normal love, which to your parents, they're raised in non-church, and then Christ is the new love. But for you, you're raised in church, and that's the old love. The new love for you is lust, like yeah. intimacy, like, dude, never tasted this before, never had this before. So it's like, and I feel like that's a trap that mm. so many young people fall into that are raised in the church, and their parents almost feel, as, as well-scriptured as they are, they're almost ill-equipped because to them, it's backwards. It's like, why aren't you loving Jesus? Like, look how amazing this is. And it's like, if the kid could communicate, he would say, it's amazing to you because it's new to you. Like, right? For me, it's old. Like, yeah. I've been hearing it my whole life. And this is new. Like, the way this girl looks in my eyes or the way, <laughs> you know? So, anyways, bro, like, sorry, Sal. No, that's like, some cool insight, like, man. Uh, yeah, I'm like, um, so I'm curious, though, like, keep tracking with your story. So, so you're in a relationship. Yeah. So I'm going to church, I'm in the worship team, but then there's like this battle, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously like I'm in the church, bro. Like I, I, I have conviction and I know like what I'm doing, I shouldn't be doing, mm. but yet I'm still doing it. Mm -hmm. So then it's like this routine, right? Cause just to kind of go piggyback off of what you said, yep. it's like, I think uh, my relationship at that point with Christ was definitely more of like a routine, right? My parents' routine though. Like you do this, we go to church Sundays, you play on the worship team and um, that's just what it is. So, like, a personal relationship and me, like, actually developing, like, that that feeling and that want to, to do, like, you know, to do church and to really dive into the gospel, just, it just wasn't there, I feel mm. like. So, um, I was doing it more to, like, please and impress my parents. And because that's, like you said, that's what I know to be um, the truth because I'm growing up in it. Sure. And then now this other thing comes along the side and I'm like, okay, this thing is, like, different. I yeah. never saw this. Yeah. And um, I just, like, dive full on into that. But um, even during that time, dude, like, it's crazy because if, if I felt like that relationship was forever, but it was only, like, six months. That's funny how but that six is. six months yeah. just felt like, dude, it felt like six years, bro. Just, like, all the the, the stuff I was getting into. Mm. But um, there was a point in that relationship, but I, I would say, like, at the four-month mark, where I was like, okay, I know that what I'm doing I shouldn't be doing. Mm. And, like, I knew enough in the Bible that I was like, okay, well, if you pray to God and you pray for God to remove something in your life, then, you know, just calling him by his word, like you call out to God, he's going to help you out. Mm -hmm. So I, I prayed to God. I was like, hey, God, um, you know, I pray that if this girl's not for me, that you just take her out of my life. Dang, you, how old are you? Dude, I was like, I was 14, yeah. Wow. For a 14 year old 14. to have that maturity, that's pretty yeah. incredible, bro. I was 14. You dude. know, kudos to your parents, bro. I, I think they might have done a really good job with just being really in love with the Lord enough for you, for a 14 year old mm. to be able to ask God that, dude. dude it was intense, man. I don't know if I heard it at a study or, <laughs> or like what happened, but I was like, all right, God, like, you know, I'm gonna pray this girl out of That's my life. That's encouraging. And um, so, yeah, like, you know, if anybody's listening and they're just like dabbling with stuff like that, man, like just, that's like one of the first things you can do. Like you're in a situation you can't pull yourself out of. So, you know, call out to God, you know, there's power in the name of Jesus. So, man, hey, like God, pull cool. me out of this situation. That but is that's encouraging. What, that's man. what I did, bro. So I did it. And dude, I swear, like, I'm not even joking. Like literally the next day, like I get a text message that it was kind of like, uh, I think we got in an argument uh -huh. and it was like, well, maybe we shouldn't be together. Like one of those arguments, mm -hmm. you know? 
And then I just took I took it. I was like, all right, cool. Huh. Like maybe we shouldn't be together. Maybe we shouldn't. Bye. So um, <laughs> so I think there was like a week that we were like broken up, and then you know she hit me back up, and we ended up getting back together. Of course. So like those stop signs were there, bro. But like I ran them, and I prayed, and I knew God answered, and He took her out of my life. But I kind of didn't want her to leave yet because I was still like, you know, in lust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Um, so I was with her another two months, and then the same prayer, bro. I was like, all right, <laughs> this time I'm for real. So I said the same prayer, and same thing happened, dude. She got taken out of my life, and I just took – I, I ran, ran with, with it. it. Wow. I ran with it, and at that point, like, w- my dad was searching for a new church. Um, like I said, my, my dad's Hispanic. He speaks Spanish, and mm-hmm. all this time he was going to a, a English Christian church for us so we could understand. Mm-hmm. But for him, he understands a lot better in Spanish. Sure. So we're looking for a new church, and it's, like, down the street, dude. And um, there's a Spanish church that's, like, bilingual. So he's like, hey, come check it out with me. And for me, like, at that point, you know, I just got out of this, like, relationship. I don't really feel like doing good too much yet because, like, although I had the consciousness to, like, pray her out of my life because I knew she was bad for me, there was still something that was, like, warring inside of me Mm. where I was like, I'm not ready to fully commit and be good yet. Mm. I still want to mess around. So um, I go to this church with my dad. And, um, you know, I listened to the pastor, had no idea what the heck they were saying because they never taught me Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. I know enough to get by. Like, I understand more now. I feel like that. That's like, that's, that's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, that's <laughs> the same. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, did you like the church? He's like, yeah. And then for me, dude, like, I get there and, I, like, I go to the youth group or whatever. And I just see, like, a bunch of beautiful girls, dude. Like, it's a Hispanic <laughs> church. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all that's right. Funny, like, I mean, if, if you want to go to this church, I'm not a, I'm down, <laughs> dad. I want you to know I support you. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened, bro. And, um, you know, the family ends up going there. And um, kind of fast forwarding a little bit, that's, that's where I met my wife. So, mm. um, you know, we were just really good friends before, I think, for, like, a year <laughs> And she kind of seen me too, just like the change in me, because um, I was a big flirt back then, dude. I think I was talking to like like five of the girls or something like that from the church. Like, she <laughs> couldn't like, even understand them, but dude, you were talking about exactly. <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, you had like a schedule, like they would, you know, because I got caught up or whatever." And they were like, "Yeah, you know, you would call so and so at twelve, and then so and so at three. Oh wow! Then, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I was doing that for like a little bit, maybe like a couple weeks or something, because it's a lot of work. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then I ended up just, um, you know, becoming really good friends with my wife. And then we started going to school together. So, like I was telling you guys, I was homeschooled. I was going to that charter school, and I think it was my, what is it, freshman, junior year, I want to say is when I started, like, um, I asked my mom, I was like, hey, are you down to, like, if I just go to this school, like, right by the house? Because we were driving to Riverside, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister was mm-hmm. driving me. She's older than me. And there's literally a school right by my house, walking distance, public school. So um, I just asked her, and she's like, yeah, you know, um, you could try it out or whatever. So, like, they're putting in the transfer paperwork and all that stuff. And then for me, like, halfway through, I'm like, uh, I kind of don't want to do it anymore. Like, I see my friends. <laughs> in uh, public school and they got all this homework and for me like like I, I get everything done like in three days and then I'm chilling mm-hmm. so I kind of didn't want to do it anymore but she's like it's too late like I already did the paperwork you're in. so mm-hmm. you're in so my last two years I went to um, Canyon Springs which is where my wife was going so we're going to church hanging out walking to school together mm-hmm. and like right when I started talking to her dude uh, her parents were going through like something like in their relationship. Mm. Uh, her dad was not a believer. Mm. Um, her mom was, and she's the one who brought them to that church because her neighbor was a believer and would always minister to them. Mm. So she brought them to that church. And then I started going there and we just got really close. And then um, 
it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm gonna ask her out. <laughs> so, so I asked her out, and uh, we we dated for like a day, but um, I was still like warring, dude. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I want to do bad. I don't want to do good yet. And then I see my wife like just pursuing this relationship with God, and she's just like all in, dude. And I'm like, if I if I get in this relationship with her, like I know I'll probably cheat on her. So mm-hmm. I broke up with her the next day. And then I was like, because I don't want to, like, do that to her. You know, if I'm going to be with her, I want to be with her because I love her. And, you know, we're going to do something serious. So um, I broke up with her. And she took it kind of hard because she thought we were, like, really good friends. Yeah. And something was going to, you know, become of that relationship. And then um, we're walking home one day, dude. And she just tells me, like, it's okay. Like, you know, all the guys do this to me. Like, you know, they're just, like, only looking for one thing or whatever. And just something that she said specifically really, like, hit me. And I was like, dang, like, are you like every other guy, dude? Are you just like this scumbag who like jumps Mm. around to like different girls or whatever? And uh, it just really made me think, man. So like for two weeks, I'm just like thinking about like, okay, do you really want to run like as far as you can from God and just like jump into every sin that you never experienced? Mm. Or do you want to just forget about that and pursue this relationship with Christ? And at this time, I'm like 16. So, um... I I just prayed, dude. I was like, all right, God, well, if you want me to pursue you, I'm going to pursue you. And, um, you know, if if you want me to be with this girl, then it's going to last. Mm. So uh, two weeks later, I hit her up at school, and she was all mad. She was avoiding me because I broke up with her. Yeah. Um, and I used to walk her to, like, her classrooms and everything, and she was like, no, nah, don't walk with me. <laughs> uh. So, like, I approached her, and I told her, I was like, so you still single? And then she was like, well, you broke up with me, so, yeah, I'm single. And... Um, from there, dude, we just started dating, and then we never broke up um, ever since. Um, we were 16, got married at wow. 21, and uh, had a baby at 29. Wow. Yeah. How old are you, bro? Crazy. I'm 30. I just hit 30. Okay. Yeah. And so your daughter's uh, son. Or your son? Yeah, yeah, I got a son, Zion. He just hit um, 16 months. He's gonna oh, dang, little months, one. Yeah. He's small, dude. Man. So. That's a crazy testimony. Well, for me, I could relate. My, yeah. my one of my idols was was lust. One of my idols was women, and God used that to get me to a breaking point in my yeah. life uh, when I first got saved. And it's just kind of interesting how uh, I can relate to some of the things you were saying. But for me, it was as soon as I tasted that nectar of. I remember when I when I first had sex. I was sixteen years old. Uh, it was with this girlfriend I was dating at the time. And that was when I first knew, okay, I'm not really a Christian. Yeah. Like I was growing up in the church. I can't say I had a personal relationship with Christ. I knew a lot because I was growing up at, at Golden Springs. But then when I tasted that fruit, all of a sudden I ha- I had complete understanding of, I almost felt like Adam and Eve in the garden at that point. Yeah, like, dude. oh, like, this is what's out there. Okay, then I knew for myself I wasn't, I wasn't right. I was like, okay, like, it's official. Like, I'm not, I'm not even going to try to pursue Jesus or Christianity. Yeah. Like, this is, like, the new path for me. And I did it secretly. You know, I, I just stayed on that path for a while. And uh, people make bad idols or yeah. bad gods, right? So I was... Uh, the, like you said, it was those six months for you. It seemed like forever. Yeah. Same thing. I dated this girl for nine months. And in that nine month span of time, I was, the infatuation level was like just ramped up. And I, I think it really can be unhealthy, even just in normal life. Like I think the, we're supposed to have that, that, 
that place of what is our f- fulfilling our life is Jesus, mm. 100%, because people make bad gods. But when you're walking with the Lord, of course, the Lord brings alongside you that help me to help you in, in pursuing the Lord and, and all those things. But man, I could just, I relate to, but the good thing about you was at least you were, when you were 14 and 16, yeah. able, conscious enough to be like, nah, this isn't, you know, yeah, this isn't the path for me. I was like, goodbye, like, you know, and it was worse for me. I had to really get broken and dove into a bunch of other things that have left scars and scar tissue yeah. uh, throughout my life that I've had to completely just, Lord, help me with these things. Um, I had no idea, you know, your background on that. So that's yeah, kind of interesting to see, like, the Lord take you through that. And then when I met you, dude, you just crazy. seemed like you loved the Lord <laughs> and you were like, you know. You know, there's something that I kind of want to share because of the the variety of people that potentially could listen to this. Mm. Um, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Like, like, if you feel like, man, for you, it was worse and it wasn't in the way that it was worse. Mm. But for you, it was worse in another way, you know, because one of the most devastating things that a Christian can experience is lukewarmness. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the most devastating to to your to who you are, to your concept of who Christ is. It's it's an opportunity for Satan to really twist up your mind because you are loving Jesus and your failure, and your and your fake, yep. you know, and the way that Satan can pin a person down with being a fake could be devastating into their adulthood as Christians. Because what happens is, once you simultaneously exist in Christ in the world, it's easy to go back to that. And mm. there's so many grown men, you know this, yep. and people in your life and people that you minister to, that it, they'll slip into pornography within their Christianity and their marriages. Mm. They'll slip into you know, hidden sins or hidden things because the, because the concept of walking with Jesus in purity has been tainted, you know. And I only share that because, you know, uh, for us especially growing up, I think we came from not just that parents got saved and then we were in church, but I think we come from a generation that Christianity was new to our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. Even kids that weren't raised in church, there was a lot of people their parents' age who were like in love with Jesus. They were running, start opening churches, starting ministries. You look at when Praise Chapel started, when Victory Outreach started, when, you know, Calvary Chapel started, when you look at the age group of people that it drew them in and they came in, right? And then they were going to church and then they took their little kids. Mm. And those little kids are generally, not all of them, are in a lot of our age bracket, Mm -hmm. your age bracket. And there's a missing piece here, bro, that really burdens my heart because I see what the parents were trying to do, your parents were trying to do, your parents mm-hmm. were trying to do. And I see that, and I say this maybe to some parents out there, that you you can't be your child's Christianity. Mm. You can't be it for them. Even if you have them saying the, saying the words, singing the songs, you know, lifting their hands, doing all the things that they could see and they feel good in their heart that mom and dad feel good that they could see their son, oh, he loves Jesus, I could see it, you know. But really that you're their God in that moment, you know, and and they're doing it for you as a parent, you know, and it isn't going to be until they find Christ um, on their own, 
that yeah. it's going to be real, you know. And um, I just want to I just want to point out I want to give credit to the trial of your endurance, like your li like what you've gone through and how hard that was and how hard that lasts. Like even as an adult, you 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 know, you love the Lord. I'm sure of it with all your heart, you know. But the way Satan will always come whispering, you know, he'll always show up. He'll be like, you know, with whatever little thing he could kind of like, you know, it's like he's got like a race of, of sins. Like you picture like little like in, back in the day when, you know, the little Hot Wheels and you put them on the ramps, they, they go down by yeah. themselves, you know. And Satan's got a race of like sins that are to our liking. And if we block real good against one, he just pushes a little, another little one a little further. And we block real good against that, and he just pushes another one. He's, he's got all these things aimed at us, you know, and whatever one that we're not aware of, that one gets further, whether it's pride, arrogance, whatever, like, you know, worldliness, whatever it is, you know. And uh, I, I want you guys to know, like, I often i am I'm on my knees in, in prayer and, and I want to share this with anybody even listening that are have a calling in ministry. Like, dude, we can't just assume that re repeating what we heard our parents say or what we hear mm. people say is going to work. Mm -hmm. We have to get on our knees and ask God, Lord, show us how we can introduce these young people to to falling in love with Jesus in a way that they're not just learning to mimic us, you know? And... um my heart kind of breaks for a young, for the young version of you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm listening to your story and I'm thinking of this kid and he's got enough sense to be like, I don't want, I want God. Like he's got church culture around him, good people around him, you know? But like you mentioned earlier, the taste of sin, it's enough for Eve to, to pull the fruit. It was enough for you, you know, and to turn away. And it was enough for you to, you know, put the face on, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, it's just, I think what you're sharing, your story, bro, just brings out so mm. much. And I think, I'm going to say something real quick too, bro, yeah. that I think is very important. I want to thank you for, for your transparency on your story, like the simultaneous Christian, because I think the temptation, especially, especially because you're around uh, um, testimonies a lot. Yeah. The temptation is to magnify the godlessness and to make it sound like yeah i was just crazy i didn't even care about god i was just wiling out sleeping with girls i had different you know and then but then i get to, i i came to know christ and now it's beautiful but that leaves so many people behind yeah who are like well that's not me i'm not some freaking crazy drug addict rock star who was out there just smashing and while and out, I was like a kid who was praying and praising Jesus and loving the Lord. And I was every bit as lost as like the dude out there snorting coke, you know. I was like, my heart was cold and and I did things because it's what people wanted me to do, you know. And And we've been talking about this lately, dude, because a person who is kind of on their way to hell is every bit on their way to hell as a person who's really on their way to hell. Like, mm -hmm. there's not five categories there's the two there's two mm -hmm. categories yeah. right there's heaven and there's hell and so when you're not on your way to heaven you're the same as but but there's so many kids who feel left out they're like 
Well, if I don't have like this crazy story, I don't have a testimony. So I still, I need to go make a testimony still, you know, like maybe I need to do drugs or have sex or maybe I need to try out being gay or something crazy. So that's my story. Like I went and I was doing that and I would, you know, and now it's, you know, whatever. And, and it's just, it, it's just not true to glamorize only the duplicity, you know? Totally, yeah. It's you like, feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't dude, know. No, I feel like a lot of times it's easy to, like, you know, get caught up in that and you start, like, maybe not sharing certain things about your testimony because you're like, ah, maybe that's too cheesy. It doesn't fit in. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I feel like we forget, like, the perfect testimony that was given on this earth was the, the life of Jesus Christ, right? Him living the perfect life, abiding mm. in Christ, and dying on the cross for, for our sins, not mm. even for stuff that he did. So it's like, that's that's the, the greatest testimony mm. of all time. Mm. And, you know, like, I feel like in life, you know, like, we just give, like, the enemy, like, an inch in our life, and he's going to take, like, the whole mile, dude. He's going to mm. go as far as he can. And that's why I think just, like, you know, to what you were saying, bro, it's, like, it's important, man, just um, just being a Christian, dude, like, and you're in there, and you're fighting the fight, and you're trying to do good. It's so important, dude, not to get caught up with um, the fakeness, right? Mm. Just, like living this lie, like, you know, I'm this Christian, but I'm gonna put on this mask mm. and, um, you know, just continue on your relationship with Christ like that. Because like you, you keep on playing like church the way you do like that. It's like, that becomes your reality of church mm. and the God's reality, reality of the relationship that he wants to have for you just gets tainted because mm. you're over here putting on this perception. And now that's what you believe. You're like not even following true Christianity. Mm. So that's, a, that's definitely a scary place to be. Go ahead, go well, ahead. No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious because it, it kind of it has to do with the youth and yeah. mm. just young people coming up. Mm. I know you, you work with them a lot. Right, that's yeah. right. I mean, that's, yeah. And I, I want to know from your perspective, it's just some insight of like what you've been seeing since you've been involved with the Whosoever's yeah. doing these high school missions trips, high school outreaches. Like what, what is the state of our youth in the U.S. and Mexico and what is are some of the things that you've been, the Lord's been showing you through it? Yeah. Yeah, I would say a big thing, dude, especially now, I feel like even more so after COVID, like you were kind of saying, like the mental health, dude, that is just mm -hmm. something that I feel like not even just in the high school, but just overall, but um, really more amplified in the high schools. Because, I mean, you think about it like during COVID, dude, especially like in these like, uh, these like poorer countries, I mean, even here in the States, mm -hmm. but like you're not in school, mm. you're stuck at home, and you know, you hear stories of kids getting abused, yeah. you hear um, sexually, kids getting abused physically. Yeah, I hate to say that there's a, definitely a mm. lot of that in third world countries. Dude. Yeah, Hispanic bro. culture, uh, unfortunately, there's a it's lot big, of that man. too, dude, yeah. And then even like, uh, I mean, during COVID, dude, like we went to Montana, right, during, uh, I think it was like 2021, and uh, we went to this juvie there. But most of the juvies, like, um, up there in that specific area, they were, like, Native Americans because mm. there's a lot of tribes up there. Mm -hmm. But, like, the, the warden was just sharing with us, like, dude, like, a mm. lot of these kids, they'll commit crimes to come into jail to avoid from getting abused, like, mm. inside of where they're at. Or, um, you know, they're in jail because they stabbed their stepdad in the eye because he was raping their, like, oh younger sister. Wow. But now they want to get out because they know that their sister's getting raped and they can't, do, and they can't do anything about it. That's wild, dude. So, like, you hear stories like that. And then, um, like, just going back to, like, being in COVID, right? So these kids, they come mm. from abusive homes, alcoholic mm. dads, 
Um, there's people getting abused physically um, and then just sexually. So they're stuck at home, dude, during COVID for two years, right? Schools are shut down and they're just getting abused daily. That's why mm -hmm. like suicide and everything is just skyrocketing because all these kids were enduring all of that stuff throughout COVID and, you know, seeing their parents bickering, like they're mm -hmm. seeing their parents' marriage on front street. Now they're home 24 seven when yeah. they weren't seeing that stuff before. There's no like, well, let's get this, let's finish this later when the kids get home. <laughs> exactly. we'll stop and we'll, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I definitely see a lot of that affecting the kids in the schools. And um, a lot of them are just battling, dude, with, um, you know, suicide, depression, self-harm, mm. which is why for us, dude, we're just like, man, like, we're so excited to be able to be back now. Because it was kind of hard for, like, Callie, man. Callie has so many laws yeah, absolutely. for us to even come into schools. I can't imagine what Ryan went through because he's such a on, on like, in in the trenches kind of yeah, guy. Dude. Like, mm -hmm. dude, you get to see that guy. Yeah, <laughs> He was like, you know what? Like, we can't just sit idle, you know, just to that point. Yeah. He's like, we need to do something. So him coming from the skateboard scene, he's like, dude, there's skate parks in every state all around the world. I remember that. So let's yeah. do it. Did so you he, go? Did you go on that? I went the trip after, but okay. he, mm -hmm. he literally was like, all right, guys, so I'm going to drive up to Idaho. Let's get this graphic made. Let's print some flyers. I'll pass out flyers for a week at all these skate parks every day. And then the next week we'll have our contest and then like, we'll just see what happens. Hmm. So that's what he did. He went up a week before, passed out flyers every day at all the skate parks we were gonna hit and the word got out. And dude, God just showed up in crazy ways, man. Hmm. So it, it was a really cool uh, thing to be a part of on the back end, just to really get the guys out there, the team to be able to, to do that ministry. And then coming back and hearing their testimonies on like what happened, you know, hmm. God's moving and, it's cool, man. A lot of fruit came from those tours, dude, uh, just with, like, the young pastors and stuff out there in the areas and a lot of people just stepping up. Um, so, yeah, man, that kind of, like, opened up a new doorway for us to be able to do ministry, too, was mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. Now, now when we go partner with these churches, like, you know, we'll have somebody speak. We'll hit a high school. We'll, like, do a, a best trick contest. Mm -hmm. And then even, like, uh, the doors opened up through COVID, too. Um, we were in Texas, and um, one of our friends is just really well connected with his community. And um, he came from like the, like the hair scene, the music scene and all of this stuff. So um, he just like knows a lot of people in his area. And uh, he was like, hey, this door open, man, for you guys to go to a bar. And we're just like, uh, how's that going to work out? Do you like, you know, preaching to a bunch of drunk people? <laughs> like mm -hmm. what's going to go down? So um, and Ryan's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <bro."> so, <laughs> so that happened. And then um, I told I told Ryan, dude, and he's just like, well, let's do it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm mm -hmm, like, all sure. right. Sure. So, um, you know, heads with us from Corn. Uh, we have Sonny Sandoval from guy head, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Ryan. And then um, so we're just like, all right, well, we'll just advertise it as like a community healing event because everybody's going through stuff because of COVID or whatever. That's funny. So the, the bar was like, yeah, but you guys realize we're going to serve alcohol, right? And we were like, I mean, like, yeah, it's a bar, right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so we do it and we do this event, man. And uh, the whole event, they have like a stage outside. It's like a concert venue in Texas. I think it was like on Bar Rescue or something like that. So it's a pretty decent bar. A lot of foot traffic sure. going through mm -hmm. there. And I want to say there was at least like maybe like six to eight hundred people there, man, mm, uh, that wow. night. And um, there's a bar on the inside. And then on the outside, there's like a bunch of seating and stuff because they serve food. Dude, there was like, I think I went to the restroom and there was like one person sitting on the inside at the bar. Everybody came Everybody out. Everybody was outside, bro. Listening to these guys' stories, listening to them drop the gospel. And then at the end, like we do this altar call at this bar. And then like, dude, the whole bar just like came up basically. So like we're praying for the people. 
And uh, even like the bands they had open up for the events to like kind of draw attention. Um, they weren't Christian bands or anything, but like we see them at the altar call and we're just like, dude, this is so nice. sick, man. So even just with that, like God opened up that door for that bar. Like I think we've been to that bar like three times already. And um, even like our guy out there in Texas, just kind of like ministering to him, mm -hmm. like that just opened up the door. Cause he's like, dude, these guys are real. They're about the people. They're not yep. about pushing this agenda. And for him, he sees the way our friend Daniel is living over there. And he's like, you know, living by his testimony. And, you know, this guy's really getting ministered to mm. through it. So, like, it's coming to the point where this guy is, like, texting him. He's like, hey, I, I want to meet with you today. Like, you know, I got some questions about, like, Christianity or whatever. So it's been cool, wow. man, just to be a part of, like, that and see, like, God really working through these crazy events from the outside. You're like, dude, whosoever's going to be at a bar? Are they going to be at a skate park? Or, you know, what does this mean? But that's why I love the whosoever's, but, man. Um, they'll, dude, they'll, like, God's, go. doing, God's doing crazy stuff, bro. Do you, do you see pushback? from the church on, on doing things like that? Um, not from Golden Springs specifically, uh -huh. but like a lot of, um, I do see like a lot of like churches, you know, they kind of, you know, get a little bit um, like nervous about certain mm -hmm. things like that because um, they've never done it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. So um, I think once, once they like partner with us too, uh, the cool thing is like the churches will see like, do these kids are like engaged at these high schools or these mm -hmm. skate parks. Mm -hmm. And then they see the altar calls and like they hear what these kids are going through. Yeah. And they see the fruit from the events, then they just get fired up, dude. That's usually how it is. Like they'll reach out and they're like, "Hey, like you know, our youth pastor, like, you know, wanted to get connected with you. We're not too sure if anything's gonna come of it, but like, let's see what could happen." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So I talk with them. We have like Zoom calls and stuff, and then um, we end up like you know planning an event together. And they see like see it going down, and then um, we'll even like encourage like other churches in the area who are like. They want to get involved, but they don't want to put in any skin in the game yet. Mm. We'll be like, yo, come and check it out, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going to be in your area. Yep. And they'll come down, man, and they'll just see, like, the fruit from the ministry. And um, they just get fired up, bro. But just to, to answer your question, like, yeah, we've seen, like, you know, people who are a bit skeptical or maybe people who might not be down with it. Mm. And and that's okay, you know. Like, you know, I, God will just use them in their arena, and, you know, God will continue to open the doors and uh, put those people who want to come alongside and partner with us um, in our in our area, so yep. yeah, man. Um, we've definitely seen some pushback, but uh, we continue <laughs> to push forward, man. You know, there's something I kind of want to say about um, the to the to the Christians that struggle with that uh, line right there. They're like, okay, I want to be down. People getting saved, but this is a bar, like, and there's people drinking mm -hmm. there. Like, yeah. how do I how do I save face like next Sunday on service? Like, by the way. <laughs> this last week we were at a bar, you know, they're struggling with that. Right. But mm -hmm. there's something I want to say, um, and that is the contrast between holiness and unrighteousness, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the, that contrast is more apparent the more holy one is and the more unrighteous the other one is, right? So in other words, what I'm saying is you might be able to be like, oh, a UFC event, we could do that. But we don't want to do, you know, like uh, uh, a tattoo, um, what's the convention? Because there's oh, too yeah. much nudity there or whatever. Or we'll be willing to do, you know, this boxing event, but we don't want to do like that bar over there, right? You have people that will, they'll, they'll draw their line based on the, the level of debauchery versus the level of holiness, right? Hmm. But what I want to say is, there's none 
more holy than Christ. None. Not even close. And the distance from Christ's holiness to just the most righteous man you ever met is a further distance from the most righteous Christian you know to the cracked out hmm. crackhead that you know. So the distance from the holiest man you know to the most cracked out sinner you know is a closer gap than the distance from that holiest man you know and Christ's holiness. Which means for Jesus to even come and set foot with the disciples and with the people on this earth was a bigger step of debauchery, like stepping down into the filth, mm. than any place that me or mm. you have ever been. Yeah. So when Christians have this feeling like, like, oh, I can't, I can't, they need to understand that whatever step they're afraid to take, Christ took a bigger step than that. Now, I'm not saying what I think if they clarified it, if they thought about it, I think what their conviction is, is that they want to be careful that they're not putting people in places that are going to compromise their walk. Yeah. And that is a good thing for them to for consider. Sure. Hmm. But that's not what you, that's not what the whosoever's are doing when they're going to these places. The whosoever's aren't going to the local church and saying, hey guys, you should be in the bar. Yeah. Definitely. The whosoever's are thankful to be alongside these people, prayers, asking for prayers, speaking, guest speaking. Ryan sometimes seems to be more effective in a lukewarm church full of people that have all the rules and regulations down, but in their hearts they've grown cold. Yeah, He's just as effective in those places sometimes than he is with the lost even because he's an offense to both of them. Hmm. He's, he's holy and righteous, and therefore the, the lost world is feeling convicted, but he's not outwardly holy and righteous enough to be accepted by just the churchy people. So when he goes and speaks to them about your hearts, your Pharisee heart, you know, you, you've let your heart grow cold. Yeah. They're just as flustered as like more so <laughs> than the sinners even, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So what I want to say is if you're, if you're looking out for your congregation and you're telling them you need to consider where you should or shouldn't be, that's a godly thing because your heart is in protection. Totally. But if you're scared to be somewhere because of what people are going to think, then really your eyes are on man instead of doing what God called you to do because Jesus Christ himself was in a further debauchery situation by just being around hmm. prostitutes and freaking tax collectors than any of us will ever be because we were at a bar, right? Yeah. And so I make my decisions on where I belong and don't belong based on my weaknesses. And some people just don't have enough honesty in them to be real, like... If you're an alcoholic, then you'd be like, guys, I'm going to be praying, but I won't be at the bar. Like, that's your choice on yourself because yeah. of your own tendencies and weaknesses. Or, you know, I remember there was a gnarly ministry. Ryan knows uh, some of the girls that were, what was her name, dude? I forgot her name, dude. But she used to, she had this uh, strippers, like, she was like pulling. Oh, yeah. Um, Annie. Annie, Annie, dude. Lober, yeah. Annie Lober, dude, was like, <laughs> was like pulling girls out of the strip club, but you weren't sending like, the dudes a bunch of single yeah. guys yeah you were gonna send them out there bro the this is common sense yeah. but for people to have a hard time believing that god was using annie's life in these dark places just don't have an understanding of yeah. how christ works so mm. anyways that like that i feel like that's an important subject for some christians out there maybe some christians have some small some pastors have some small churches and they're like what am i okay with and what am i not okay with well listen like you're okay with being like christ it's just yeah. 
there's a difference between building up the body and how what you do on Sunday morning and Wednesday evening and as you guide people through the teaching of the word and then evangelism. Hmm. There's a difference between those two things and people need to understand that you can't cross those things and say like, you know, the same things that you would... That when Jesus is talking to Jews, it's not the same thing as when he's talking to Gentiles. Same with Paul. Paul goes and visits one group of people. It's a bunch of Jews there. He's telling them that they're all caught in the law. Paul goes and talks to a bunch of Gentiles. He's got to tell them that they got to refrain from the orgies mm-hmm. that they were once in because that's not God's way and they need to be free from that stuff. So it's not the same message mm-hmm. to the Jews religiously, religiosity, and then the godless, right? The Gentiles. So it's a different sermon. It doesn't mean that totally. Paul's being... You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. anyways. Like, yeah, it's like the word stays the same, but the, the application is different. Yeah, because of who yeah. you're talking to, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm all about... I just want to say, bro, like, 100% and him too dude yeah. like we we're all about what God does through the whosoever's and the uniqueness I I believe I believe like all the edges on Ryan are good for even the the people who are like know-it-alls like yeah. when there's when they're like side-eyeing at Ryan because of the edginess of him to me I'm like this is good for you bro yeah. like mm-hmm. eat it up like eat it up and look at what God's doing through this man's life in spite of all the things that you think you know of perfection, because God doesn't, he's not looking for perfect ve- vessels. Yeah. He's looking for submitted vessels yep. to do his perfect work. He's the only perfect one, you know? And so I'm always blown away, bro. My calling, I teach mostly believers. I, I do evangelism through music and stuff yeah. like that. But really my, my gift in the spirit is with believers mostly, like discipleship stuff, conversations with Christians, helping them mature in christ but bro that doesn't mean for a second that i don't recognize the importance and and blown away by the gift of evangelism and outreaches and stuff like that so yeah i'm curious like in in the years that you've been in christianity how do you how do you balance out you growing in your depth because of the time you've been with christ and then and then just the excitement, that nuance of like, dude, God's moving, people are getting saved. Like, do you do you have that duality in your life of like, like, man, I like hearing these pastors because they take me to these places where I'm like profound insight to the scripture, but at the same time, like keeping it simple when I'm outreaching these kids. And hmm. you know, Ryan's message oftentimes is very simple. So do, yeah. do you deal with those two thoughts or you're pretty, you, you know what I mean? You know, I think it's definitely just like, um, like you said, you know, just knowing your audience, man. I know for me, like when I'm when I'm doing like a lot more like of evangelism, I'm talking with like, you know, family that are unsaved or even just like people that I run into. I want to keep it like more practical and simplified where it's like, okay, like what are some words that these guys are going to understand? You know what I mean? Yeah. But like without watering down the seriousness of like the topic, but just kind of uh, like basically like putting like pictures, you know what I mean? Sure, like, sure. Uh, like giving illustrations. Illustrated, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So that way they could understand in a more like literal term rather than like, you know, it says this in like Matthew 5 or sure, whatever. Right. Yeah, so, the, uh, the dispensations <laughs> yeah, of freaking dude. theology yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, it's definitely different when you're dealing like with um, like maybe somebody like wh- who I was, you know what I mean? Like I'm over here on the worship team. Mm-hmm. Not right now, but like back then I was on the worship team and, you know, I, I was messing around with my girlfriend sexually at that time. Mm-hmm. 
it's like how to talk to those kinds of people, you know? Mm. Do you feel a calling towards those kids? You know what? I feel like God's definitely opening the door for me to be more uh, vulnerable and available to talk to people who are going through stuff Mm. like that. Mm. Uh, He's kind of opened the door just organically to talk to people who are Mm. hurting um, in that sense. Like they're just dull in the faith or, you know, they're struggling with X, Y, and Z. So I definitely feel like, you know, like if it's there and God's given you these life experiences and you've learned from them and you came out strong, then dude, like by all means, like God, if you want to throw, you know, whoever my way, like I'm totally 100% down to be open and available to uh to answer that calling for sure mm, but at the moment like um i don't have like a, an official title or nothing like that yeah. i'm just like you know just talking with the homies who are going through it and uh you know people i come into contact mm. with at church and even just meeting people through the the whosoever's dude because i do a lot of like the the emails and uh dude sometimes like the emails that come in there's just so many like people who are hurting out there mm, it's bet. like bro like like i'm sending them to like all the pastors on staff but sometimes that's not enough and i'm just like all right dude like Wow. I got to jump on like a Zoom call or something and pray for this person. You know mm. what I mean? Do you ever get a so, chance to do something Yeah, like that? for sure. Yeah. That's and, awesome. and that's been rad, dude. Even just to that, like, um, I think yes, yesterday I got an email from this girl in Canada, like uh, last year doing, during COVID. She was just going through it, dude, just mentally, uh, her mental health. And um, like, she didn't really have like a relationship with Christ or anything like that. She was really suicidal. Mm. Um, and I was able to jump on a call with her, bro. And just pray for her, and I led her to Christ. Dude, you know, she's all the way in Canada. I'm over here in uh, in the United States, getting ready to have a baby and all this stuff. Mm, wow. So um, I'm praying for her. She accepts Christ, and uh, she has a crazy story, bro. She like works in like a psych unit and uh, psych psych unit mm-hmm. at the hospital down there, and she talks with kids who are dealing with stuff like that. But then her, she was battling with all this stuff mm. too. Oh, absolutely. Um, Sometimes since, the, I think for like 20 yeah. years, dude, like that she wow, was dealing yeah. with this stuff at a young age. But um, just recently, dude, she sent me, like, a link to this video that um, this, like, news uh, station or something like that picked up on her. And they did a story about, like, her life and uh, basically how she came out from that and how she's, um, you know, working in this unit now. And she's using her story to help these people who are struggling, Hmm. you know, with stuff. So she sent me an email just, like, encouraging, like, thank you for, like, you know, being available. And, you know, even Sunny, she reached out to Sunny. Sunny would pray with her. So just like seeing like the openness of the people, like I feel like it's easy for people to put um, people who are influential, like on these pedestals where they're like unobtainable or they can't talk to them Mm. or, you know, they just get psyched out when they see them. But, you know, for her and other people too to reach out to like Sunny or like people from the whosoever's and for them to respond. Yeah. It's like, dude, like Sunny in particular, Sunny in particular is very uh, like you'll see him look for like the oddball kid. Yeah. Like he's wild like that, dude. I remember seeing him like he he like there'll be a lot of people and he'll be like, Yeah, yeah, like oh, for sure. And then he'll like like beeline it to like yeah. some kid over there hmm. and then like sit next to him and like talk to him for a long time. And I remember seeing his heart like that it was really wild, really blew blew me away to see him that way. So much to the point where I thought, man. Like, that's very special, like, very, very one-of-a-kind. He seems, like, to gravitate towards, like, the people that aren't just, like, the cool kid or yeah. whatever, you know? He's, like, very – I've tripped out on that about him and his wife, really. Yeah. They they both, I remember, had sort of that trait. Um, there's something I want to say about – you mentioned – what was the girl's name from Canada, yeah. you said? Canada, yeah. Oh, you don't have to say her name. Yeah. Um, the girl from Canada – um, because 
when I got saved and got received like a calling in my life even was set free from you know the enslavement of fornication and pornography and um one of the things i dealt with for a long time was bulimia as well um which is a rare thing for a dude to struggle with but it was a it was a very uh enslaving thing for a majority of my life and um so one of the things that wasn't taken from me is a little a little cloud of depression bro that mm. that um never fully goes away and I, I say that because i was really drawn to when you were talking about this girl's story who yeah. was helping all these kids while simultaneously dealing with that stuff and i just want to say this because there's a possibility that even to the degree of the involvement with the people that are other people that are healing kids and helping yeah. and getting to know Ryan and getting to know people and getting involved with them. There's a possibility that even yet still it's not as dissolved as she would like it to be. And yeah. the reason why I say that is because not just her, but many others that might be in those shoes. And I want to say this because of what God's taught me through it is I, I've never been fully delivered from that, bro. Like if I'm just being transparent yeah. and honest, um, but what God has done is he's taught me to take my eyes off of myself and really, really learn to consider others and put my eyes on, on what, like the Lord, most of all, and praying for others and lifting them up because it really blessed my heart when I heard Paul say, you know, I asked for you to take this thorn from me three times and you didn't. And I realize that your grace is sufficient for yep. me. That some of his servants will carry certain things. It doesn't mean that they have to fall into them, but they will carry them through their life. Something really beautiful happened the other day, because I always follow what Ryan's up to. Yeah. I don't stay very connected with him, not because I love Ryan, dude, honestly. And every time I see him, he gives me love, and it's good to see him, dude. But he's so busy, bro. Like, yeah. there's just so many people, and there's always new people coming into his world, people that really need him, and God's doing amazing work. And then he's a father and a husband, and that's just crazy, bro. I'm being a father. You know, <laughs> yeah, being a father and a, a lot of work. and a husband. Um, it's hard to also be, like, a friend to an acquaintance, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, to be, like, clo- like answering their texts or, like, talking with them when they're not in your in your sphere. But I saw him make a post that... Um, suggested something to the degree of feeling ho- hopeless at times. Like it was like a fo- like a dope photo of him taking. He was kind of like staring off, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he said something in there about like feeling like you're not like like less of worth or something like something to that degree of like. And and uh, it excited me, bro. It excited me not because I want him to struggle, or not just because oh I'm not the only one. But because there's a level of maturity that comes when a Christian realizes that it's not him. Like, it's not that he's dope. It's not that he's, it's that Jesus Christ is real and he loves people. And and we're, and Ryan is very much in the same race that everybody's in. That we need Christ so badly and that we all feel at times that, like, is this really working? Is God really doing something? I and mean, we have these conversations mm-hmm. all yeah. the time where... Is it like, 
am I doing everything, Lord? Or am, have I over, have I, have I come to the place where it's like, it's, it's rolling or is it, is it, I feel like I'm falling short and, you know, I carry those things, bro. Long drives home, no music on, a lot of, a lot of my thoughts, dude, a lot of my discouragements, you know, feeling like I'm not what I could be or should be, you know, or feeling like an inadequate husband, inadequate father, inadequate worker, inadequate servant of the Lord, all those ways, you know, and, uh, but it allows me to really brother up with people when they're in those places where they're like, I see the look on their face and there's a weariness and they're like, hmm. dude, am I treading for no reason right now, dude? Is this, is it no, is there nothing coming from this right now? And I'm like, nah, bro, like you're in company. Like, let me tell you a little bit about this, yeah. you know? And there's something beautiful about that. So I, I just want to say to that lady that like even, I mean, I'm not saying directly to her, yeah. types like her, like even if it still hasn't fully gone, you know, living with that doesn't, doesn't have to be like the same as like a person living with a drug addiction or something, you know, like I'm still doing drugs, I'm still meth or something. Not to say that God's grace isn't extended to them as well, but Paul d dealt with depression, and the Bible says that Jesus was a man of sorrows. And I don't think it's so far off for Christians to be carrying that weight in life. I don't think that it means that you're not doing it right. Because hmm. if Jesus was dealing with that, nobody did it right more right than Christ, right? Yeah, and sure. Paul, too. He's, he's runner-up, not close to Christ, but you know what I'm saying, for like... so. Um, just encouragement to anybody out there who, who is still carrying things that they're pretending isn't there. Yeah. No, that ministers to me because sometimes we put on the smile, man. And even when we're by ourselves, yeah. when no one's looking, we tell ourselves, like, we're either honest with ourselves and saying, man, there's something missing sometimes. You're, you could be walking with the Lord and be like, still feeling like, that lack of just fulfillment, not that, not that. And there, there is something there in that statement that you have to realize that Jesus is fulfilling, but there's times you have to be honest with him too. Yeah. Of like, Lord, I'm, I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm feeling like what you have me in isn't good enough. And I think, I don't know if it's in every person, but I know it's in me that there's times when I feel like that, where I feel like, because I start to calculate, well, if just this was different in my life, then maybe things would be good. And then, and then as soon as like, I start to think that way, I realize, oh, not really. And so then I'm walking in this realization of there is an emptiness sometimes, you know, just to be plain and honest. And I know the Lord uses that in my life. I know he uses that to draw me close to him, to make me realize, to open my eyes, to see who he is and how powerful he is. Um, it doesn't matter how much we get caught up in ministry, how, how many amazing things we can be a part of. We have to come back to him, I think. Mm. And I, I think that's something that, and there's also to the medical side of depression too. Absolutely. I don't want to, don't want to yeah. soften the, 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 the legitimacy of, of an issue that could be helped, right? right? Like when someone needs to reach out and someone needs to uh, be honest and say, like, I'm in a dark place right now and I, I need help, you know? 
I'm not belittling that. Sometimes you know this coming yeah. from a Pentecostal background. There's a lot of pressure sometimes. Like, dude, Jesus should heal this. Mm. You know, Jesus should heal this. If you're really believing, let Jesus heal it only, you know. And not to say that Jesus can't, and he does, but Paul went to Luke, who was his physician, and he was like, hey, bandage me up. Like, Paul wasn't like, oh, no, I don't need Luke. I'll just yeah. pray, you know. Like, <laughs> he, he understood, you know, he understood. So, like, um, it's okay to, like, say, like, hey, something's wrong here, or, like, you know, and I don't want people to feel self-conscious because they're on a medication or something. Um, and I also don't want to say that just because someone is on the medication that they can't be delivered from it at some point, that God can't set them free. And, you know, I'm not putting anything in a box. I'm not saying I'm with these people, against those people, or any of that stuff. But I just, I do want to make sure that I do address that sometimes a person is on the verge of shooting themselves, jumping off somewhere, you know, mm. permanently putting themselves to sleep. And um, and they need to tell somebody, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I want to say that. But... I also want to say to those that are like, man, Lord, I've been walking with you a long time. What's up? Like, this should be gone. That you're not alone. You're in company with Christ, myself, uh, others that you know. Like, I could see it. I could see the weight sometimes on Ryan, you know. Um, and that doesn't mean that what he's doing isn't legit. Like, bro, that's, you're like Christ. You're like, you're like John the Baptist. You're like, you're like uh, the weeping prophet. You're like, mm -hmm. you're like so many biblical characters, you know. I'm kind of curious, bro, like, because you're going to be in my mind a lot, you know, because yeah. uh, when I sit down with people at this table, bro, just to let you know that like this, uh, it's not really an interview. It's like we sit down and talk like that's what we do here. Like mm -hmm. it's a conversation and it's getting to know people in a way that for whatever reason, the vibe created at this table in this lighting and in this place just allows it to feel like, you know, that the people sitting here care about you. And even if this wasn't recorded, um, the conversation matters more than the recording of the conversation. I say that all the time. Like this conversation means more to me than putting it out, you oh, know, and sure, recording yeah. it. So married, bro, I think the, one of the most glorious accomplishments, one of the most difficult trials. What is marriage like? What does that look like for you? Is yeah. that, is that you feel like your wife's, blessed at what god's done is she is she in the fight you know yeah. and, and, I want, and i want to preface this by saying we have experienced both of those things yeah. ourselves you know like my wife you're talking about years of like not wanting not happy like looking me out it's not what i wanted yeah. you know so i'm just curious so like when you know maybe for others that might feel like they're alone or or maybe just what's your story dude what's yeah, dude. yeah so i got married pretty young man <laughs> you know started dating my wife at 16 uh, we got married at 21, and uh, for me, dude, just being a guy, um, our anniversary, um, I just kept it the same, bro. I was like, you know what? Let's get married on our dating anniversary, mm. so I don't got to remember two things. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't say that, but that's how yeah. I planned it. Uh, I was uh, like, this dude's gangster. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, dude, we got married young, 21, and uh, yeah, going through it, bro, for sure. Just kind of being young and, mm. you know, trying to figure out this whole marriage thing. Uh, but even for me, man, before, like, we got married, I think when I hit, like, 17, 18, man, just kind of dealing with what I dealt with at a young age, I came to the realization where I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to be dating you, I'm going to be dating you intentionally because I started mm -hmm. taking my walk with Christ. More that's your wife. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. yeah. And I was like, all right, so we're, we're dating with intentions. Like, just so you know, I wouldn't be with you if I didn't have the intentions of marrying you is what mm -hmm. I told her. And then, um, you know, we still stuck together. And... um 
got married at 21. But just, um, yeah. now, dude, um, you know, we have a kid growing up and, you know, just kind of like you go through seasons, bro, where it's like for me as a husband and a leader, um, there's some times, dude, you know, you just get caught up kind of like in the routine of things. I feel like it could it could happen. And it's just coming to the realization where it's like, dude, like, like whatever your wife does and now with my kid, whatever your kid does, mm -hmm. like that reflects on me as a leader in my house. So for me, dude, I'm like, man, like I got to make sure that I'm really um, pouring into my wife mm -hmm. and uh, and my kid and, and that I'm being that representation of Christ that they need in their life. So that way they can, you know, kind of help like just uh, be the example of what they need to do too, you know, mm. like um, as far as like reading the Bible, waking up early, praying, uh, mm. you know, just my personal walk. Um, and I feel like right now I'm at a point where it's like, okay, like I'm really taking this up now that I have a kid. Mm. And I'm like, dude, like, I mean, it's crazy, man. Like when, when you have a kid and like just seeing the sinful nature, like mm. of them not even being mm. able to mm. talk, but they're like giving attitude mm. and, you know, hitting you. Mm. Faking it. And, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. And for me, like uh, the other day, man, I was driving home and I was literally looking on YouTube, like, how do you discipline like your kid <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> when he can't talk, bro? I'm like, I don't want to like, uh, mm. like hit him because then he's going to think like, okay, cool. I'm going to hit all the homies in if they're doing something I don't want. Mm. Or I'm going to hit mom and dad because they hit me. So... I'm just like, yeah, there's no communication this. before they exactly, talk. You're right. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm going through all these different things and everybody has their own opinion That's on so what true, you should bro. do, oh what you gosh. shouldn't do. Oh my gosh, dude. And like, I dude, I just came to the point where God was like, all right, he's a kid, bro. Like, <laughs> like he's going to have to learn when he like has the cognitive ability to be able to understand like, like, okay, like, you know, you know explain, how to speak yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could explain this to you. Yeah. Then that's when you start like really instilling like those morals and how you want them to be as a person. But right now I'm at the point where it's like, all right, you just got to, you know, gotta you got to, you got to be stern. You're like, yeah. no, don't do that. They could understand that. That's funny, but um, it's easy for me to just get caught up and like, dang, dude, like, am I being a good father? Because like homie's over here hitting his mom and she's like telling me, hey, your son just hit me today. And mm -hmm. I'm like, dang, what do I do? <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Wow. But um, that's yeah. where I'm at right now. But I mean, just to kind of uh, answer your question, dude, just going th throughout, um, you know, from when we were 21 till now, 30, you know, those nine years, bro, there's definitely been like ups and downs. There's been times where, you know, I haven't necessarily like been the leader. I think like the first two years of marriage for me, it's like we started off strong, right? But then we're getting to know each other and everything. And I felt like the beginning of our marriage, we were like really focused on each other rather than focused on pursuing Christ together with oh, each other. Sure. Mm. So I feel like those two years, I really backed off, dude. Like, I mean, I grew up playing in the worship team. Mm -hmm. And then for those two years, I didn't didn't play in the worship team. And those two years are it's kind of the time when I was coming to Golden Springs, dude. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, you know, newly married. I was coming on Friday nights, coming on Sundays. And then there was a point in that in our marriage where I was like, dude, like, I feel like I'm not like doing what I need to be doing right mm. now as a husband. Like I've been there. we're we're like pursuing each other, but we're not pr pursuing Christ with yeah. each other. So um, that's when I really just started going hardcore on Sundays. I'd bring the wife. We'd come to church. We'd learn, and then that's when I was really like, okay, you know what? I want to start doing this worship thing again. God was just putting that on my heart. And that's when I sent that email to mm. Sam when I was talking about it in the beginning. Mm. And uh, I, it never got a response, though. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is, that's just God telling me I'm not ready yet. Right. So I was like, 
Maybe I'm just not ready. I'm just not even going to send another email. I'm not going to bug. I'm just going to leave it as it I'll is. I'll call Sammy right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, That's Sammy. Yeah, shout out, Sammy. Love <laughs> you, dude. No, but like, you know, God really did a work too because I think even like the worship game from when I was playing, dude, mm-hmm. this is like way different, bro. Sure. So like God opened up the, the doors for me to just play for like a bunch of other churches, bro. So like mm-hmm. I got experience just playing at different Calvaries, man. Like, um, you know, learning how mm-hmm. to play with like the click, learning how to play with click and track, learning how to play with like do you, a, do you, How do you feel about click? I'm solid now with it, yeah, bro. Like At first, it. I didn't really care for it because it was sure. a bit difficult. Especially for a drummer because it's forcing you. And yeah. usually the drummer's forcing the band, you know. Dude, it's but like, you know what? I came to the realization it's all, like, the the click that you pick. Like, sometimes, like, I just, like, switch up the rhythm of it where it makes sense for me because I'm, like, I'm the one who's going to be carrying this and listening to it. So as long as it sounds like it's a part of the beat, mm. dude, like, I'm down with it. Nice. So, now, like, now, let me ask you this. Can, yeah. can you, can you, are you fluid in speaking, Nick? Like, can you understand it? <laughs> can you understand everything? Because Nick speaks in riddles sometimes, yeah, right? Am I, have you experienced no, yeah, this at all? Because sure. Nick will talk to you in, like, illustrations only. And be like, I want you to think about, like... He's funny, dude. He's we funny. were just talking about this the other day, too. But, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I could definitely speak Nick. Okay. <laughs> That's good. We, we, Shout we've out, Nick, we dude. developed that bond. Nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a... I, I, was, I was once in a... Not too long ago, dude. I was in, like, a, like a hip-hop group with... With Nick. Oh, okay. He used to rap, dude. You could Did corner, you could dude, corner him. On, to Google it. You could corner him on this, dude. <laughs> Max is over there shaking his head because Max is embarrassed of that era oh, of shoot. our hip hop, dude. But, uh, um, but yeah, I was in, I was in, uh, uh, like a, like a, like a hip hop group with Nick, dude. We used to make rap. Do together. you guys have like a name or anything? Or I'm curious on the name, bro. Look at, look at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll send you it. Everything. I'll send you everything, bro. He said not on the air, though. No, nah, <laughs> yeah, Vision by Dreamers, bro. Vision by Dreamers. People know what's up. We did our, we did some live stuff on this podcast. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, they did yeah. actually. So we, so we've done that. Like we've had Sammy on this podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick's been on multiple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, we we have a very close relationship with Nick. That's why we we can joke like yeah. that. Dude. So shout out Nick, dude. We freaking love you, man. But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Nick would be speaking in riddles. He's like Yoda, you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like, when we were making music together, he'd be like, "I just, I want right now. It feels like a ham sandwich, but I wanted to be more like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know what I mean, dude?" And I'd be all, <laughs> "We <laughs> love you, Nick. It it's all love. Uh, I want you to know that, Nick." Yeah, that nah, dude. Funny, I'm just bro. joking, dude. I, I honestly, I'm close. I, I, I call him all the time, dude. I send him all my. Every time I draw something, I send him because yeah. he's an. I don't know if you know, he's yeah, an amazing he's artist. artist. Yeah. Amazing artist, bro. He's a dope rapper too. You'll be tripped out, dude. Check him out, dude. Mm. Yeah. Hit him up. Be like, hey, dude. I heard you rap. Let me hear your I'll bars. Start calling dude. him MC Nick, dude. <laughs> you should corner him, bro. You should be like, hey, dude. Let me hear some of your bars. Spit uh, me one of your bars. He will too, cause Nick, Nick's crazy like that. Did you get to see his his uh, his dancing video, dude? Oh, you know what? I didn't. I heard a lot of people giving him trash about it, but yeah. I did not. Because he, he did. He did. He did. He delete it. He, no. Nah, no. Nah. Yeah, he, he went he all out. Go back though. and check it out. It was yeah, for his he, anniversary, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he went all out. He's sick sure. like that, though, bro. He has no embarrassment whatsoever. Yeah. He's just uh-huh. he's crazy, bro. He could get away with it. He can. <laughs> he's freaking nuts. Dude. Well, so I freaking well, love Nick. I was gonna ask you, man. How did we get to Nick. to this? Oh, because we were talking about marriage. We were talking about marriage. and The first two years, just kind of being about each other. Uh, we still loved Christ. Mm-hmm. We weren't doing anything wrong, but uh, we were just, well, actually, we were doing things wrong because we weren't following Christ mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. We were kind of just stuck on, like, this new love, marriage type of relationship thing and just kind of, like, figuring each other out, dude. Um, even going back to that, man, like, we never took marriage counseling or anything. Like, we were friends, and then we got married. 
But I would definitely recommend for people who are like young in the faith, you know, to to get that marriage counseling because that definitely helps like uh, mm. put your marriage on a biblical scope, and then you could start building on that solid foundation mm. as you're like learning, you know, this new thing because you're mm. like doing life together now. You're mm. so used to being selfish and you know doing whatever you want to do on your own time. So like when those two worlds c- come together. It could be like kind of like a you know awakening. You're like, wait, I can't do this, and mm-hmm. wait, like you know, you don't like when I do that. Mm-hmm. Like I never knew, so it's yeah. definitely um good, and so will true. definitely help both of you be grounded mm-hmm. and uh, not to get at each other's throats for sure. You know, when you're doing something that's mm-hmm. uh, maybe not not uh, something uh, to the other person's liking, but um, yeah, yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, marriage counseling. Now, with that, did you picture yourself being in ministry? I what? didn't, dude. Because no. you're, you're full-time ministry. And now I am, yeah. That's why. I and didn't, bro. It, that's a funny story, uh-huh. too, because, like, um, I was working at a warehouse. I was working for the Costco Distribution Center for, like, a cool seven years, bro. Shout wow. out Costco with there those cheesecakes. Shout out to Costco, bro. <laughs> so I'm working at the warehouse, right? Uh-huh. So, like, my pops, he grew up. Uh, I grew up seeing him go to work every day. He worked at Costco. He worked at the store location. Mm. And then mm. I got a job at the warehouse where it's, like, the depot. It's more, like, grungy and rugged, you know? Okay. So, like, um, I started working there, dude. And then I was just working my way up in, in the management scheme of things. And, um, you know, I became a supervisor. Then I started doing, like, uh, like all of the safety trainings, the new hire stuff. And then, like, for me, I feel like if I would have been there longer, bro, I would have worked my way up, like, into a management role. And I was cool with that. I was like, you know what? I'm making good money. Yeah, Costco pays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was comfortable, bro. So, like, uh, you you guys know Ivan. Ivan Mm -hmm. was uh, working for the Husos, you know, doing the warehouse and going on trips with Ryan. And um, he was just telling me, like, hey, bro, there's this opportunity that might come up. Just kind of putting it on my radar. And then uh, when they reached out to me, seeing if I wanted to come and fill in when he was stepping out, Mm. um, I just, I was not ready, bro. I was, I was like, you know what? I'm comfortable. I'm mm. good. I don't think God wants this for me, but it was more like me. Like, I don't want this for me, you know, because mm. um, I was like, I'm going to be working for ministry. I know it probably doesn't pay well. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about all this stuff in the back end. And I just had like all these goals for myself in this company because I was already so invested. And then like uh, maybe like four or six months pass by and then another opportunity opens up. Uh, they already filled that role. Ivan had a replacement. I recommended a, a homie to them and who still works with us today, uh, Daniel. I was like, yeah, dude, like, um, you know, he's good. He's solid. He's a young guy. He loves the Lord. And um, he ended up filling that spot. Mm-hmm. But then um, some of the leadership within the movement, um, they started like, um, you know, God was calling them out in the ministry to do other things. And um, there was like a big need for somebody to kind of fill that gap. Mm. And... Um, you know, I prayed about it. I'm like, okay, God, like, there's a second opportunity. They're, they're reaching out to me again. I was like, you either really want me to be here or these people uh, just really want me to be here. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, like, something's happening, and um, I need to be obedient. So I just prayed about it. I was like, God, if you want me to be here, you're going to open the doors, and it's going to feel organic. And uh, the whole pay cut thing, like, it's going to work itself out. And then, um, you know, I end up coming, um, having an interview, and things just work out, dude. And... Um, like, God started opening up the doors for me to, like, gig at other churches. Because at that time, I'm not playing at Golden Springs because mm. that email never got read, right? So um, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's opening up these doors, bro. He's opening uh-huh. up these doors. I'm playing at other places. You know, I'm getting, like, blessed when I'm playing at these places. And that kind of filled, like, that void, like, of mm. that that financial gap, which was really cool. Because mm. at that time, it was, like, needed. My wife wasn't working. It was just me. Oh, um, yeah. Well, she was working, but it was, like, uh, she wasn't making a lot of money. 
Yeah. So, um, and at that time, I was actually paying for her to go to school. Um, she she does cosmetology, so she was going to school and stuff. So she was learning her craft. Mm. So it was a pretty rough season, dude. And uh, mm. you know, finally she ends up graduating. She she was like uh, going over here in Pasadena. She worked at a, like a like a high end salon. Got like really good. Um, just uh, teaching, dude, from like a friend of hers um, who she ended up getting really close with. Mm. And he, he's really cool, man. He's uh, he helped her out in the hair industry and taught her everything she knows and still helps her out to this day. She'll call him if she like messes up or something. And he's like, I got you. I'm real quick. <laughs> curious real quick. Yeah. Your, your wife, her, is her name Karen Lisette? Karen. Yeah. Because my wife's name is Lisette. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. So okay. I would see it on her Instagram tag. I was like, Dude, that's the same name. Yeah. Anyway, just, just <laughs> curious. Yeah. Karen, Karen Lisette, bro. So, um, yeah, she does her hair thing. She graduates and then, um, she ends up working, right? She gets a job. Um, Keep talking. Like, I got some stuff going uh, on. Good. With. So basically, um, yeah, dude, um, she she gets that job, and then I end up working for the Whosoever's, and um, yeah, it's just been uh, it's been like I think like four four and a half years or something like that, maybe mm-hmm. that I've been solidly working for the Whosoever's. So I never thought I was gonna be doing ministry, bro. For me, I'm like, nah, you know, it's not for me. I don't see myself doing it. Um, but just going back, dude, even to like. God's faithfulness when I was going to that Pentecostal church, I would go to, mm. like, um, youth camps, youth conventions yeah. and things. And uh, multiple times, dude, I just got, like, uh, just words spoken over my life that God was going to use me to uh, to impact, like, the next generation. You do, you, I mean? do you miss... Okay, because I know... Like, obviously, once you get in, like, a very solid Bible teaching yeah. church, your focus goes back to that, and that's what you're focused on. And it, it can be, like... You can meet people that are very, like... Oh yeah, like you know, that's that's before now that you yeah. know, you know. But I will say this, bro, and this coming from I'm 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 Calvary. I was raised in yeah. Calvary, right? But there have been people who have come alongside me in times of trial that were from more charismatic background or whatever. Yeah. And there was a love and a really like an investment of someone's time in me from some people I've met that are more charismatic background. Do you ever miss like, or you think about some of the people and you're like, man, that was solid. Like I do miss that about where I came from or whatever. Do you deal with any of that or no? You know, not, not necessarily. Um, I do keep in contact with a lot of like, you know, good solid people, um, in the faith. Do you like, even from like Pentecostal churches, um, do you like, it's wild, man. Just being on the road, you meet a lot of people who are from different denominations, but like you just see their heart, dude, and how on fire they are mm-hmm. for God. Mm-hmm. And you just see their testimony, bro. And you're like, dang, I can't believe like, you know, this person's a Catholic. Or I can't believe this person's mm-hmm. like sure. a, a Lutheran.